0: Hi, I'm Stan Wawenka, welcome to 2018. Hello to everybody, I wish a very happy new year, a lot of health and a lot of happiness and a lot of luck to everybody, and see you all around the world. Happy New Year's. the ATP World Tour fans. I wish everybody a Happy New Year. Hi, my name is Andre Rublev and I wish everybody a Happy New Year.
1: I wish you a Happy New Year and all the best for the 2018. Happy New Year to the everyone um, and I'm wishing you all the best. Hi
0: everyone, it's Sam Query. I want to wish everyone a happy 2018. Happy New Year, everybody. See you next year. It's a
2: 2017 that surely even he couldn't have dreamed of. This is ATP Tennis Radio.
0: Hey, I'm Alex O'Rourke and this is what's coming up on the show.
2: Happy New Year and welcome to the first ATP Tennis Radio podcast of 2018. And we come to you from Maison Saint Cassien, a delightful coffee establishment in leafy Wimbledon, and a favourite spot of one of our guests this week, Miles McLaglen. Miles, thanks for joining us. Thanks. You're pinning this on me. It makes it look like I'm just out e- eating all the time. <laughs> and also Naomi Cavendish. Naomi, welcome. Hello. Happy New Year. And together we are going to look ahead to 2018 and the first Grand Slam of the season, the Australian Open. Plus, we join the Zverev brothers in the gym. Hear how three Americans spent their off-season and check in with the world number one as Rafael Nadal reflects on making it back to the top of the pile. This is the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast.
3: Volley winner Roger Federer! And that is it, a fifth Indian World title for Roger Federer. Backhand return from Nadal is long. Federer has won his third title of the year at 35. This extraordinary career just gets better and better. Disappointment for Ramos, but delight for the undisputed king of play. That is his 10th Monte Carlo title. It's his 70th career title. 50 of them have come on clay. The team hooks the forehand cross court. Up the line goes Nadal, the stretch of the backhand. The backhand volley from Nadal is too good, and he's done it. Nadal wins Madrid title. Starlin 2006, his three. first Masters 1000 final. Zverev serves down the centre, the forehand is long, the arms are aloft, the smile from ear to ear from Zverev as he makes his way towards the net. He is champion in Montreal, he's champion in Canada. Cross-court from Dimitrov, off forehand, into the net, and there it is, the biggest win of Grigor Dimitrov's career. He is a Masters 1000 champion. He is the Cincinnati Masters champion. 15-14. Nadal serves down the center. it's stretching on the backhand. The into the net, and that is it. A flawless performance from Roger Federer seals Shanghai Masters title number two. His 94th career title. Kranovich serves. It's a deep looping serve. It's a big forehand return. It's a big backhand. It is two big and Jack is. On the ground, six, six, flat on the back, six, he, he cannot it. Get, can't can't believe it. So, with the biggest title five, of his seven, career, he becomes the to top all. 10 player. He six, takes all. his place at the World Tour finals. New will end the year as the top ranked American. One, two, three, the stretch from the volley is oh, into the net from David Goffa. He on the front, goes Gregor Dimitrov. Daphne Goffin climbs over the net. He walks towards a motionless, an emotional, and now crying Gregor Dimitrov. The players embrace on the same side of the court. So much affection between the two. What a final played out here. Two hours and 30 minutes on the clock. And it's Gregor Dimitrov, hands on his head. He cannot believe what he has done, but he has done it. The biggest win. The Title
2: of Gregor Dimitrov's career. He has won the NETO ATP Finals 2017. Miles and Naomi, what a season it was. Uh, and before we start looking ahead to 2018, let's just get a, a bite sized reflection and an abiding memory from each of you from
4: 2017. It was an amazing year, full of surprises um, and unexpected moments. You know, Rafa again. Uh, claiming the, the, the Triple Decima, uh, Monte Carlo, Barcelona and Roland Garros. Ten titles, amazing. And it was good to see some of the young guns making their move. Chapovalovs very with some big results. So it, it was very exciting on many different levels.
5: Well, for me, it was right at the beginning of the year, having Roger and Rafa in the final of the Australian Open. It was unexpected. They both were talking about how they were pretty much on one leg. If you just rewound just even a couple of months before, it was extraordinary. It was unexpected. It was brilliant. It was retro it was a throwback nobody thought it was going to happen again let alone really that rivalry continue on for the rest of the year so that was just such a highlight and it really set the tone for the whole year
2: Yeah there were comebacks and rebirths as you mentioned there were apparitions from nowhere too all you have to say across the season while a number of top players were out nursing injuries and Miles, as his former coach Um, you must be particularly caught up in the Andy Murray saga at the moment it's such a shame that Andy is where he is how far off do you think he is where do you how do you read this well it's a tough one to judge because you you know I, I think
4: there's a there's an element we think uh, you know sports people celebrities are public property, but there is also an element of doctor client confidentiality there 's coach cl- um, so so no one actually knows what the issue is but you know i 've seen pictures he 's still limping around he obviously thought he was close because he 's made the effort to go all, all the way to australia and, and I know one thing I do know is i, I don 't think he could have done any more to get in shape he 's surrounded by you know good physios great physios he 's he's traveled all around the world to see different doctors he's you know he's done all the, the training he possibly can um and I, I think you know he's pretty disappointed with not, not to be able to come back this year because let's not forget it was only just over a year ago we were wondering if he was ever going to lose again
2: And to time stamp we're, we're talking on friday the 5th of january so whatever happens after this we don't know as you say so much can develop naomi what do you what do you make of andy
5: well, his, his post, and I mean, it was the first time we really got an insight into him. He, he posted on his social media accounts uh, about how just how he felt and how frustrated and disappointed he actually is with this hip. And it, it really was quite heartbreaking. Um, I think we, we do, as Miles was saying, we all get caught up in the conspiracies and, and wanting to try and figure out what's going on. But ultimately... Uh, it's this guy's life and career on the line, and he is completely devastated. He feels like it is, is, you know, he is really being cut short at the moment. He desperately wants to be on the court, um, and his body just won't allow it. It's been six months really since he last played a competitive proper match. I know he did an exhibition uh, recently, but it's not right it's not right he needs more time and he's got to do what is right for him but it was it's 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 really heartbreaking to see him talk about it and be so so passionate and and open about wanting to play again.
2: Miles these guys operate on a different level (laughs) to to us uh in terms of being athletes um what exactly is the nature of the problem with the hip if you can explain it for the listeners in sort of layman's terms? I don't know, to, to, to
4: be honest. I mean, as I said a minute ago, you know, there is there's certain amounts that are kept to themselves for, for various reasons. But, um, you know, one of the options is, is a labrum tear, which is not uncommon. Uh, uh, Leighton Hewitt's had a couple of operations on it, uh, Milos Raonic uh, and a few others. Um, you might think it's, it's more than that. If it's, uh, I think that maybe problem came along when he heard it at the French Open and, and pushed through. Uh, If there is more wear and tear, he clearly thought uh, it's an issue that he could get around possibly without surgery. Um, He's mentioned surgery now, so so it might take that. But it's just, um, it is concerning that it's taken this amount of time and and, and still not ready. I mean, we hope he gets back because he's put so much work in. But these players do put so much, uh, you know, it's not just the matches they play, but the training to... uh, to, to, to be fit and the, the pounding that go, goes through the body.
5: Yeah, and it's just a lot about you know, playing on the hard courts as well. You're slamming on the brakes. We know he is such a physical player. I mean, we take his movement for granted, but ever since he was 11, 12 years old, his movement has been extraordinary. How he reads the game, he almost goads his opponents into hitting into the space, leaves spaces open because he knows that he's got that forehand on the run passing shot. And right now, it's, it's slamming the brakes on, it's that weight going through the hip. And all of the joints and in tennis because it's so stop start you only run as fast as you can stop and then it, then it starts affecting how quick you are around the court he can still be quick but I mean yeah to slam the brakes on wide out on that hip on the forehand side I think he's, he's still very tentative with it um, so he, he just he needs to make sure that he's right otherwise if he comes back too soon and plays a full match and goes flat out that could be career over straight away if he does more damage to it
2: and of those guys right at the top of the game who missed much of last season, we know already that Andy's missing the Australian Open. We also know that Kanishikori's Cory's missing the Australian Open. There's still question marks over Djokovic, Wawrinka, Raonic. Miles, whether these guys come back for the Aussie Open or not, what do you expect from them this season when they do come back? How much of a force can the likes of Novak be on his return? I think he he could be a huge force.
4: I mean, the question for him. I mean, it, to be to be honest, it's also concerning that his elbow issue has taken so so long as well. But you know, if his desire is there, uh, he can get right back to the top of the game. I mean, he's a champion. He knows what it takes. Um, Let's not forget it was also one so long ago his great moment that you know with that French Open to uh, holding four Grand Slams in a row. So he hasn't, in the space of sort of eight months, forgotten how to play tennis and become a different person. But you know he's got a, his family is growing. Uh, will the uh, uh, w- w- will the spark and the desire still be there? I think you know Raonic is. Raonic and Ishigori are two players who've been plagued with injuries throughout their, their career, and, and, and for different reasons. I mean, Raonic is a big guy with long levers, and it takes takes its toll. And, you know, that's maybe the, the the downside of, you know, one side of having long levers is you can serve 140 miles an hour. The other side is it's, you know, may be a little more prone to injury. Um, but, you know, I think it's something that even you know, so inverted commas, normal people can relate to. It takes these guys time to get confidence back in their body to operate at that level. So that can be, um, you know, that will that, be tricky. But uh, I think we'll see Djokovic
2: back at the top. What about Stan?
5: Oh, what about Stan? Um, it's always tough, I think, to, uh, to, to guess anything about Stan because even when he's fit and healthy, his form, I mean, who knows what he's going to turn up with. He can play, hands down, the best tennis in the world when he wants to, and he can string that together. Um, and then he, he can be horrible. He can go out to anyone. So even when he's fit, we don't know what he's going to produce. So him now coming back after a significant layoff, um, recovering from surgery himself... I mean, who knows? I mean, it, the range of Stan Wawrinka is just so extraordinarily huge. Um, but, one, I mean, I imagine he's not going to start off at his best. I imagine he's going to need some matches to get going. And maybe towards, you know, a few months into the season, he might start really picking it up. Um, but when, he, I mean, when he's feeling good and he's got the timing on the racket, I mean, it's just extraordinary. He can beat anyone. He can win anything.
2: It is going to be intriguing to see what kind of shape they come back in, when they come back, uh, and and what they achieve. While they were away, um, others made hay, it has to be said. And I just wanted to hone in on three guys who, in three different ways, had a really, really impressive and important 2017. Grigor Dimitrov, Sasha Zverev, and Denis Shapovalov. Um, Let's just take these three. Who of those guys who obviously had huge peaks uh, and peaks of achievement in 2017 who do you expect to kick on the most in 2018
4: Mars I see Zverev going forward I mean he's uh, he's a very natural player and he's so good that he can win a lot of matches without having to um, you know really go to the wire I I think um, I think things are going to be it could be a tough year for Shapovalov. I mean, you know, us amongst others have talked so much about him. He played some inspirational tennis, and the expectations are hard. He's now on that second year where uh, you know the, the the pressure, and he's going to have to adjust. People are going to find out his game. So I think this could be a tough year for him. Um, you know, Dimitrov, we we hope. I uh, hope he can can push on. Obviously, he had that great finish to the year, um, and, and that can boost his confidence. But it, c- it will be interesting if we get you know Vavrinka back in the frame, um, Djokovic, hopefully Murray, because that will change the dynamic in terms of what it takes to win these big events. Without them, you know, the, the sort of the so-called big, uh, you know, big four, we only had to get through one of them, you know, to 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 win some of the big tournaments. And uh, but I think Sasha's very. I'm not sure his ranking will. Uh, improve. But just in terms of solidifying his position, having a better uh, run at, one, at the Grand Slams, uh, I see that happening for him.
5: Yeah, you've got to look at, I mean, who's got the most room for improvement, really. I mean, Zverev, his improvement has to come in the Slams, because he's pretty much, he's won every, every other sort of tournament, every size Um and he, but he just hasn't done that well in the slams in terms of to back it up, and particularly for where his ranking sits right now, he, he should be doing better. So that's where we can see the improvement from him. Uh, for Dimitrov, really, I mean, he made the, the semis of uh, Australian Open last year, so for him, he's got to be pushing on to a final if we're looking for him to kick on forwards or win one. Um, and then Shapovalov... Being the underdog, I think, really suits his personality. Being the hunted and the one to beat, it's going to take some adjustment, like Mars was saying. That backup year is going to be really difficult for him. Um, but I still think that he will do a really good job. I mean, for me, the one to watch is Dimitrov. I, I think, and I expect him to get to a Grand Slam final, potentially win one. Um, and uh, I think that, he, yeah, he's going to rack up some some big titles. You,
4: know, I mean, you, made, you made some great points, but in, and it's different ways of looking at it. I would almost argue that Zverev has the one who's ge- is the one whose game can improve. I mean, Dimitrov's been quite a complete package for a while, and uh, you know, Zverev we still see areas that of his game physically that can improve. I think, such as coming forward. Um, he's he's in he's in good shape already, and he will have continued to improve that. But uh, I think you know, adding things to his game, being a little um, more predictable, and just uh, you know, as, as you were saying, in the slams having you know his confidence could grow a lot more if he gets some big results there
5: yeah uh, absolutely I mean his his game still has a lot of areas to improve He's say coming forward one of them I think still just being a little stronger um, through the legs um, you know as he's he's still so young Um, and yeah I mean who knows one great slam result could then kick him on I'm gonna say that 2019 will be his year okay well and then
2: (laughs) there's Rafa of course um, we haven't really talked about Rafa except at, at the very start. The king of clay, the king of the tour, 2017, the year that he very much rose back to the summit.
1: Of course, it been a, a very special moment for me you know, because um, <laughs> I think I had uh, three years and a half fantastic uh, 2005, 2006, 2007 and 8. But I remember that uh, I had been winning a lot of points during every year, but I had a player uh, that was winning more than me, that uh, was Russian. the, the That year and the year before, Novak like starts to play so, so well. So for me it was another tough rival, so I thought, well, I have been there, but I didn't achieve the world number one. Now uh, another great player is coming, so maybe I will never be number one. That's why it was so important for me to achieve, achieve that, because in some way I believe that I, I deserve it after having a, a very high level, regularly almost in, in every week during three years and a half. No? So for me it was, was an important achievement at that moment and uh, means a lot to me. Be number one or finish the year like world well, number one is a, is a different thing, no. And uh, for us, it's uh, more important, of course, uh, finish like the number one at the end of the year. That year was the first time in my life, and was uh, was an amazing thing. The first time always is the is, is the first and special. But for me, probably was even more emotional the the third uh, in 2013 after having problems on on the knees a lot. Uh, so be back to that position was something very very special and unique for me.
5: 2017 ATP World Tour number one Rafael Nadal.
1: For me personally, at uh, at my age, finish the year like number one is something very special.
2: Miles, do you expect more of the same from Rafa this season? I mean, can this knee just keep on uh, doing the business, the bandage on the knee keep on doing the business um, if he gets enough rest? The magic bandage, I I, I think he can have another very
4: good year, yes. You know, we still, um, I'd still pick him to dominate the clay court season. And, uh, you know, the the knee, I know he had some, some problems at the end of the year, but that was due to the, to the load on it, because he had played so many matches, I don't think there was anything unexpected for him, you know, he knows that that's been a long-standing problem, that, you know, a lot of players have an area of weakness in their body that they, they need to manage, I mean, Federer of the back, uh, you know, Nadal, the knee, Vrink has had long-standing knee issues, so that, that's not uncommon in professional players, and he, you know, as he's getting older and older, more experienced, he knows how to, how to manage that, so... Um, you know, his fire still appears to be there. He came and we talked about how his game had improved. Um, I mean, he cruised through the clay court season. So you see him mopping up a whole lot of points there. And the confidence he gets from that, you know, can throw him through
2: the rest of the year. I mean, with it being such a huge pillar that he builds his season on, I guess the question is, is anyone ready yet to take the clay season away from Rafa?
5: No. Absolutely not, um, no, not at all. I mean, I, I mean he needs to be you know pretty much eighty percent fit, and I think he's the heavy favorite for all of those events. Um, I think we'll see some changes in his approach to his season though I, I feel like we kind of have to because it, you know, something happens I mean he has obviously a huge clay court season it's a lot of matches it's a, it's a lot of energy and his knees seem to be much better on the clay than on any other surface which is, which is great for him but then to jump straight onto the grass to a very quick grass court season then onto the hard that I think is what really makes the knee struggle is the very quick succession a change of surfaces we've seen Roger be very savvy with his schedule completely abandon the clay court season in 2017 which is another talking point I don't think we've ever seen that from a top player um, just completely ignoring an entire season will Nadal do the same thing with the grass because we have repeatedly had well he has repeatedly had this issue post the clay court season where he's pretty much been the knee has just been such a struggle for the rest of the year and okay he has managed sometimes to come up with some results but ultimately back end of the season is always a nightmare for him could he just give himself a bit more time to ease into the hard court season because bang straight away you're faced with the US Open series US Open's around the corner there's no let up
4: I mean I think it's a great point you make, know because the, the different surfaces put different tolls on, on the body, you know, the hard courts where players are stopping quickly, the the, the joints are um, you know under more pressure. The grass is, is different itself, although it's softer. It takes it takes more effort to move, and you've got to get down lower. And maybe it's just that extra few degrees of bending that aggravates the knee, and. You know, fortunately for him, uh, you know, as, as Naomi touched on, if he did the reverse to Federer and sort of took the grass, off, it, it's a much shorter season. I mean, it would hurt him to miss a Grand Slam that he won, that he's won, and he probably thinks he can win again. But you know, if he if he took a leaf out of Roger's book, who's been so smart about managing, you're looking at it as a 12 month or a 10 month season and not just playing everything, it might,
2: uh, you know, that, that that might be the way he needs to go. And just finally on Rafa, and and coming back to the clay, which is his playground, other than his own body, who do you think Rafa sees as his biggest rival now on clay?
5: Oof. well rivals tough I mean again I mean you've, you've got to put Stan in there a fit Stan or we don't we're not really 100% sure on what we're going to be faced with with Stan at, at the beginning of this year did have a long layoff after that surgery but I mean he's he's won French Opens he, he's he's uh, so great on the clay and he can beat Rafa uh, absolutely at Roland Garros he could he can beat him anywhere really um But whether he's a rival, because does he have that consistency? He's a threat. I wouldn't say he's a rival. I don't think Rafa has any rivals. He maybe just has a couple of threats lurking around. I mean, a lot of talk about team, maybe, again, if he gets his scheduling right. You know, will this finally be the time that he pushes through Um, another great clay quarter? Other than that, I I mean, threats Djokovic if he's back, of course. As I say, I see these all as threats. I don't think there is a rival for what Rafa can do on the clay.
2: All will be revealed, but like Roger, you certainly never count out Rafael Nadal.
0: Here's what's still to come on this week's show.
2: Thank you, Jared Donaldson. Next up, we find out how the off-season went for three Americans and hit the gym with the Zverev brothers. You're listening to ATP Tennis Radio. For tickets to ATP World Tour Masters 1000 events, go to the ATP World Tour
5: website and click on tournaments.
2: Let's throw a few other names into the hat and single out a few more players who you both like the look of in 2017, who you think could kick on now into 2018 and, and threaten um, right at the top. Could be guys already in the top 10, Team Goffin, Sock, Chilich. dare we say Kyrgios. <laughs> um, give us a couple of picks to upset the apple cart on a semi-consistent basis in 2018.
4: I was. I love the way David Goffin played last year. I think he's a, he's a threat at the top of the game. Uh, he he's not he, he's not someone I, I don't think who's just had an amazing year. Um, I'm going to upset Naomi here because I think someone Karenia Busta has 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 pushed himself and things have, have worked out. I'm not sure if he can repeat that. Happy to be wrong. Sit here next year and then put my hands up and apologise. Goffin, very good. Uh, Good to see, Good if we could see uh, Del Potro coming back. I mean, we know he's a genuine, you know, he's a giant of the game if he can get some fitness. And, and Kyrgios, you know, in and out, you never write him off. I mean, he, he does have the game and the talent to upset anybody. I mean, we talk about, you know, Rafa's... Of course, you don't put him as a rival on the clay, but he's the sort of player that could just fire up for one match on the clay, totally uh, uh, get totally into it, get a crowd going, play inspired tennis, and maybe if there was somebody, you wouldn't put a passer being curious to take Rafa down the clay, so he's always a threat.
2: Naomi, I saw you give Miles a fist pump for David Goffin.
5: Oh, yes. um, Oh, he has. I mean, again, he's just had a, a really good year. It's not been anything sensational from him. I think actually it was probably not as good as last year, but with five of the big guys... Uh, dropping out of the top 10 uh, made room for him to get his career high ranking but um, I think I mean oh, come on Kyrgios we're just so desperate to see just a little bit of consistency from him would just be amazing um, you know not, not uh, you know we don't want for much um, because he's just so fantastic to watch he you know I think he's in a better mental headspace you know he's trialing with coaches he's saying that he's struggling to find somebody that will fit with this game but at least he has that motivation whereas before Weinbach back a year ago he said I I need a coach. I don't want a coach. I'm fine. Um so that is positive, moving in the right direction. That that does show some desire to push his game forward and not just rely on his phenomenal amount of amounts of skill. Absolutely, David Goffan. Um Del Potro maybe getting fitter and fitter. I mean, he was exhausted by the end of last year, but is he he was knocking on the door for the top eight for London. Um, I mean, he's won a slam, he could do it again. Um, So, yeah, there are a couple of floaters.
2: What about the guy who broke the door down to London? Jack Sock, where nobody's talked about him. Has he turned a serious corner in his career? He's he's a great player, but um, I think there was,
4: again... You know, there was a touch of fortune involved in in making London. I mean, he was uh, he was down in that uh, third set, I think it was against Kyle Edmund and Paris went on to win the tournament. He he is a very dangerous player as well, but I, I, I think. You know, to, to feature right at the top of the game is, uh, I, I see him as being far more mercurial. And I think to go, you know, right to the top, top five or so, those guys, we've seen what it's taken, its performance on all surfaces year in, uh, so, sorry, you know, week in, week out. Um, and I'm not sure if that's Jack Sock just yet, but maybe, that you know, be inspired by what he's done at the end of the year.
5: Yeah, I mean, we've got to be honest. We've got five guys in the top 10 that have career high rankings. And it's no surprise. There are five players from the top eight in London last year that are not in the top 10 this year. Um, Jack Sock is one of them. He's taken his opportunity, which you have to do. You absolutely have to do that. Um, for me, he's a top 15 player. Um, you know, he, uh, if we get some of these injuries, layoffs coming back. I mean, it's frustrating with the injuries because Everybody was hoping for a really clean start to the year because so many players wrote off their year early and said, right, we'll be back for 2018. 2018. Well, 2018's starting, and it, it, it's frustrating that they're not all back ready at the starting line to go. But, I mean, we've got to expect to get at least a couple of them back. Um, you know, will Jack sort of back up his year? I don't think so. I don't think we'll see him in London this year. Um, I think we will see him... I think he could get, have one or two great tournaments, um, as Miles was saying, consistency maybe not his thing. Um, definitely more of a flash player he could take a big title
2: well he starts the season as the world's top ranked American which is a big deal in America that may inspire him in itself but the home challenge will be coming at him from all corners of the states this year and during some well-earned downtime Gabriel Clark has been speaking with three of them for ATP World Tour Uncovered the off-season provides a chance to give back Steve Johnson Taylor Fritz and Bradley Klan did just that with kids
3: at a tennis clinic in Los Angeles.
1: It's a great event to get a chance to come to our kind of our backyard here and at the Kramer Club here in Palos Verdes and to see the event they put on is just phenomenal. I really enjoy helping because it's a great nonprofit, getting kids involved in tennis from an early age. Giving time is um, is just important. Coming out
0: to, to things like this, helping in any way possible. Anytime you're in a position to give back or help in any way, you know, you should. And uh, it's an important cause to me, so I'm happy to be here. First break isn't just
4: about tennis. It's about lives, it's about kids, it's about hope. And the Jack Kramer Club wants to be a
0: part of that. And, you know, now that we go into the holidays, I think everybody has a smile on their face.
1: You know, my goals for 2018 are really building on the last few months. I really felt like it took me a little while to get my feet wet coming back. Last off season was more about just making sure I was healthy and staying healthy after missing the previous two seasons, but I felt like I, kind of steer the ship in the right direction. So now, you know, I, I feel really good about the last three months that I put in um, at the end of the year and I'm looking forward to building on that momentum come 2018.
0: It's been a good off season, not a lot of time off, but um, you know, I'm enjoying the hard work. Eight to five, eight to four every single day, training, making sure the body's healthy, you know, lots of stuff nonstop. Definitely want to finish the year in the top 50. I feel like that's where I should be at. Beyond that, I just want to keep working hard, do everything I can to be the best this year.
1: In 2018 I just want to keep getting better and better. Uh, as an athlete you want to make everything better regardless whether it's your strengths or weaknesses so you come out there every day with, with a with a passion and, and intent to get better. You know I think I still have a lot more time left on the tour so I uh, just want to continue sharpening all my tools and and just try and get better mentally, physically and, and continue on just keep getting better and better.
2: Miles. It's a big thing to be your country's number one and a very big thing to to do it in the States, um, who are stats and rankings obsessed. Of all the American youngsters, and I guess we're talking Fritz, Apelka, Escobedo, Donaldson, TFO, who do you fancy to rise the highest and the quickest this year?
4: Well, I think um, the, the, the two I'm particularly watching, uh, Gerald Donaldson. I like you know. I think he's going to have a slow and steady approach, uh, but Francis Tiefa, still 19 years of age, he's an explosive game. I uh, can see areas again where where he can improve to get get smarter on the court, uh, and and just you know he's been through those year and a half two years on the talk and get a bit more settled and start to realize his his talent and um, I think he could be the one that that we can keep an eye on
5: well for me I mean I I do agree with Miles in terms of who's maybe going to uh, reach the highest heights but talking about heights you've got to include Riley Opelka six foot eleven extraordinary player I'm a big fan of his uh, first saw him playing at the very beginning of 2017 um, because he can run he chased down some drop shots he can move I mean it's going to take him a while to fill into that body I mean 6 foot 11 frame he's still very young himself um, of course he has a fabulous serve um, but actually there are other elements to his game he's not just a serve and we've seen with some of the other tall players what just a serve can do um, and they've developed other things at later times so I, I think watch out for him he's definitely going to in some crowds
2: interesting talking with Jose Agueras in Cincinnati who's obviously very much involved with all of these guys and he was saying that for him a Pelka is the most exciting
4: well, we, you can always get those wins, like as Naomi said, when you can serve like that. And I talked to um, you know one of the, the physical guys, and they said the weakest area of his game at the moment is his serve. <laughs> so, yeah. So then, as Naomi was saying, you know he can he can move, he can play off the ground, and you reference other big servers. Um, you know, Ivo Karlovic did you know top twenty with with a, with the. It's a little unfair to say when he had a service forehand was pretty good, and he could actually volley nicely. John Isner, you know, good serve in forehand, but you know you you. You're an, when you can serve like that, you're a nightmare to play against. Uh, you don't always have to play well to win matches. You can frustrate the hell out of a, opponents. Uh, you, you can go a long way with a big serve.
2: And broadening it out, outside of the Americans, which, for you, of the 2017 next-gen finalists from Milan, and let's just remind ourselves who those were, excite you the most for 2018. So we're talking about Rublev, Khachanov, Medvedev, Chung, Chorich, Donaldson and Shapovalov. And obviously not all of those are going to be eligible to play next gen this year. Who for you, Naomi, of those guys might, or it might be another one, it might be an Edmund or a TFO, is, is going to really challenge the top this year?
5: Well, I'll just stretch the boundaries a little bit and, and take the alternate for Milan this year, which was Stefanos Tsitsipas. Um, I'm a big fan of his. I have been for a couple of years now. I um, love the game style. I think the mentality is great. He's already starting to do really well um, early doors this year. Um, he's one to watch. I think he will... He will make waves in next-gen 2018. Um, And I just really like what he brings to the court. I mean, I think we were spoilt with that sort of lineup in Milan. It was absolutely fantastic, Um, really. I mean, the standard that was there was excellent, of course. Chung, um, you know, just relentlessly hard-working and brilliant on the court. But for me, if I'm picking one to, you know, set my alarm at earlier clock to make sure I get his match, will be Tsitsipas's. I'm
4: not sure I set my my alarm as early as, as Naomi's, but um, yeah, I, I think he is exciting and he's. It's maybe done him a little favor that he's, he, these other guys have had a bit more of the limelight and he can continue to improve without as, as much pressure. Chung was exciting. I enjoyed the way he played. It's very different. He came forward. We saw some beautiful touches around, around the net and some, some real core craft. Uh, I'm going to be pretty safe. I think Rublev, he's already top of that pile in terms of the rankings, but I, I, I think he's, he's a very wiry sort of build. He's a little bit like, like Djokovic and I think could take him, although he might fill out a, a little bit more. He's got a lot of power, but also that the, the relationship—you know—he works with the Fernando Vincente, an ex-player. The Spanish—they they, don't—they don't mess about with the way they work. And I think a, a player accepting that style of, of of training shows that you know he's in there. He's prepared to put in, uh, you know, to roll up his sleeves and get dirty and grind it out. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing where, where uh, Rublev goes.
2: One man who leapfrogged the Milan finals in 2017 and famously went straight to the 0-2 is, of course, Sasha Zverev. Let's hear from him now, working towards the new season in the gym in Monte Carlo with his brother Misha and their fitness trainer, Jez
0: Green. it a long way to go to the gym now. We all have our partners on this floor, I me, mean, me, mom, and my brother. So all kind of neighbours. I mean, working out here is, is unbelievable because you literally go downstairs where... We have the Club 39, which is an unbelievable gym. We're going to do some lifting, some deadlifting, I think. Some chins, maybe. Yeah, I mean, Jez has all the program, but I mean, it's going to be a rough day for us, but probably entertaining for you guys, because we will struggle a little bit.
6: <laughs> sure, today, Uh got strength session today, so they're, they're throwing some pretty decent weights around. there yeah. do you feel gripping behind the shoulder.
0: He's a very nice guy, apart when he's in the gym, then he turns into... Not so nice. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I hope I'm a nice guy, just with the information that can help them get better. Yeah, I'm not here to be a drill sergeant or a, it's not a boot camp. These are, these are athletes, so it's got to be done scientifically and, and with a method.
0: <laughs> this uh, family uh, competition, which makes them pushing harder. You'll know it too. And I'll watch you too, I'll watch you. You'll watch, you.
3: <laughs> You'll watch me, I'll watch you. <laughs>
0: Don't do me I tell you. It feels nice because you know we live right upstairs, and uh, it feels real nice and cozy. It's a great gym, great facility, and uh, you know having the family here and, and Jazz and Hugo and the whole team. will. it's a tough time of the year, but it's a lot of fun because you can actually sleep in your own bed, go to work, feel productive, and uh, you're ready and you're excited for next season already. <laughs> We're gonna have the toughest uh, session of the whole
6: offseason coming up, so we'll see how it goes. A really aggressive set each time.
0: It always helps to have someone around uh, who's doing the same work as you, who's, who's trying just as hard.
6: Hopefully it will pay off for both of us next year. They're obviously very close, very competitive uh, with each other, and you can use that to, to drive them, to compete with each other and make them fitter.
0: This should now be on
6: okay. <laughs> Every day they're asking, can Sash do this? And Sash asks, can Mish do this? And, and if you just play them against each other and let them go, they, they, uh, they get really, really strong and they push each other really hard. I pay him to say nice stuff. He does, so. actually, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he pays me to be a pain in the uh, behind, which is good.
0: For me, it's one of the most important times of the year, because that's the, that's the time you can put in the real work for the whole year.
6: Done.
2: It must be nice being able to hole up in Monte Carlo, home of course to one of the nine Masters 1000s on the ATP World Tour. Let's remind ourselves where they all are Indian Wells, Miami, Monte Carlo, Madrid, Rome, Toronto this year, Cincinnati, Shanghai, and Paris, all leading up to London and the O2. And an immaculate segue, Miles, to allow me to ask you your favourite stop on tour. might not be a 1,000, it might be a 500 or even a a 250. There are so many to to pick from, but where's best for you? There are a a lot of
4: great events, and and we often talk about Monte Carlo, that that scene there, but... um, I was stuck in Monte Carlo during the, the volcano and that erupted in Iceland a few years ago. And everyone said, oh, how lucky. It wasn't really. I didn't have the money to. <laughs> it was too expensive to enjoy myself. Um, Indian Wells is great. I'm a big golf fan. Uh, lots of good courses there. I love Queens. It's, it's a great event. Um, they look after the players. I like like the glamour of it. We uh, we get some some great matches. I, I think that's that's probably my favourite
5: stop of the year. There are some just absolutely fabulous stops. I mean, uh, the the players and the tour just visits the most fantastic cities. Um, I mean, I love Rome. Um, the the setting is just brilliant. I mean, Queens is always is always winning the award for the best 500 uh, event, um, and I, I mean, just. A big, the biggest shout out to the way uh, London the O2 is, is done you know the final stop it is such an extraordinary event we all we were there this year sitting around saying I mean how could you do it better what would you improve and no one could come up with anything I mean there literally just wasn't anything I don't know how they're going to do it even better it absolutely is a fantastic final event to the year it caps it off it's just it, it really showcases the best talent I mean the support the crowd I mean the Bulgarian fans for Dimitri i'm sure they got him over the line this year but i just it was just brilliant i mean every second of that event is done so perfectly um and uh, you know hopefully some of the other tournaments can just take a little bit of uh, what london brings to their event to, to their their tournaments as well but um i mean how can you pick they're all pretty brilliant
2: i have to say london floored me as well i thought it was amazing um I'm not going to ask you to predict London winners and Milan winners and world number ones for 2018 this week. That's all part of the fun on next week's podcast where we all make our time capsule predictions for the season, and Gigi Salmon gets to mull those over in Melbourne with Peter Marcato, who is going to own the lock and the key, Miles, and we are going to reveal what we all predicted at the end of the season.
4: That's the last person who should have any sort of responsibility at all. Yeah, uh, you
5: cannot trust trust Peter Marcato. Mine are going to get changed. What I
2: will do, though, is ask you to name a winner, uh, men's and women's, for the season's first Grand Slam the Australian Open, Naomi.
5: Okay. Um, well, I think it's pretty challenging. Uh, to be honest, it's a stick a pin in it. Um, I, although I'm pretty confident, I'm getting more and more confident day by day in Grigor Dimitrov winning the Australian Open. Do you want to do your men's miles? I'm going very safe, like
4: to Roger, Roger Federer. Uh, Sorry, all...
2: <laughs> to keep on grinding them out again.
4: Well, I, I just I think he was he was the guy on, on form. I know he he was. Um, he didn't win in London, he was tired at the, at the end of that year, but uh, I think he's you know, re- rejuvenated, he's, he's playing, he's, I mean we, how often did we say last year, he's playing the best tennis of his career, I don't know what might have happened over Christmas, I'm sure he didn't eat as much turkey as I did,
2: so uh, you know, why, why should that form stop? Do they do Turkey in Switzerland? I'm not sure.
5: I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, typical miles. I think you've picked Federer for almost every tournament he's entered this year. So we've got Dimitrov and Federer. Just yes. quickly, a, a
2: women's Aussie Open winner? Pliskova. Carolina Pliskova. Pliskova? Halep
4: to finally break the duck, get, it, get a slam on her, uh, on her resume.
2: In the absence of Serena Williams, of course, who has said that she is not going to play. That is it for this week. I'm Seb Lozier and my huge thanks to both Miles McClagan and Naomi Cavaday for your time and your thoughts and your wisdom this week. As I said, join Gigi Salmon and Peter Marcato next week as they preview the Aussie Open from Melbourne, hear Roger Federer's grand plans for 2018 and reveal all of our time capsule predictions for 2018. And if I know Peter Marcato, some of his will be out there go to atpworldtour.com for all the latest news and video from on tour let us know what you think on twitter at atp tennis radio and if you have a moment visit our itunes page and leave us a review be gentle see you next week